0: In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
1: Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know, from home cooks, to restaurant chefs, to eating enthusiasts, that the quality of your ingredients makes all the
3: difference, especially when it comes to meat. Westholm, which is based in Queensland and the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu.
2: They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia,
3: and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at Westholm.com slash saver. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver.
4: What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create.
3: And welcome to saber production
2: of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese, And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today, we're talking about chicken nuggets.
3: Yes, which a lot of people have very strong, passionate feelings about. Goodness, And actually, yes. that is one of the reasons we are doing this, because you were telling me about uh, kind of a debate you got in. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, nuggets. okay.
2: Well, so, so, uh, so... First of all, uh, thank you to listener Rachel on Twitter for suggesting this. Um, uh, it had actually been on my mind recently. Yeah, because this uh, this this Facebook group that I'm a part of had this like deep debate thread about like the the original poster was all like was all like chicken nuggets. What's up with people liking them? They're clearly <laughs> inferior to chicken tenders. Why would anyone eat them? And then it got into this very detailed and slightly prickly and really interesting conversation about like nostalgia and um, and social class and uh, economics and how how all of these things have have driven this this desire, this unearthly <laughs> <laughs> desire <laughs> for nuggets in in even people who like kind of know that they're not really food um, because they're so, <laughs> craveable and wonderful um, and a totally separate category from a chicken tender, uh, mm-hmm. which is also fried chicken. It's not good for you either. Uh, that's, <laughs> don't get hoity-toity about this. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it had just really gotten into my head. Like, uh, and, and there's all kinds of uh, rumors about there, about how chicken nuggets got started. And so, yeah, so I really wanted to do this episode to just talk about all of that.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I when we were first discussing this and you were telling me about this this debate, I I came to the answer that I think it's largely nostalgia. And I've noticed like probably before before quarantine, I couldn't tell you the last time I had chicken nuggets. Oh. Honestly, it could be like high school. It wow. Long, long time. And but now, since quarantine. Since quarantine. <laughs> And I'm stressed out, and I'm looking for, like, comfort foods. I've had chicken nuggets, like, three or four times. I've got some in my freezer right now, and Laura uh. knows how big a deal that is. I don't keep things. <laughs> but I've got my emergency lima beans and my emergency Aww. chicken nuggets.
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, chicken nuggets, I don't—I'm trying to think. I'm not positive that I've ever— Purchased frozen nuggets for home consumption. If I have, I'm not recalling it, but uh, but chicken nuggets are, like, the only reason that I will go to a McDonald's. um, Right. Because those nuggets are so good. (laughs) (laughs) And about, I'd say, like, more than once a month, more frequently than that, I get out of nowhere this tremendous craving Mm -hmm. for
3: McNuggets. <laughs> the McNugget is a powerful craving. Ah, oh,
2: there's something about him that's just so intensely
3: nuggety. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I mean, I haven't—I believe I said this in our McDonald's episode, but I haven't eaten at a McDonald's since I was four years old. But I still remember
4: wow. the McNugget.
3: Mm. Mm-mm. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Also, the town I'm from, Dahlonega, is where gold rush happened in the South in Georgia. Um, so, if you're from Dahlonega, you're called a Dahlonega Nugget, and don't you <laughs> dare try to claim that title unless you were born there. Oh, oh. So I am not a Nugget. I can't, can't claim it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for uh, being understanding. Yeah, I wasn't gonna, this.
2: I wasn't gonna try. I wasn't <laughs> aware you. of this, uh, but so sure. No problem. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we are talking uh, about nugget, chicken nuggets, uh, not Dahlonega nuggets, chicken nuggets, uh, uh, widely in general today. Um, uh, but yes, the McDonald's aspect of it uh, comes up a whole bunch. Um, we did a whole episode on McDonald's in the way back, so you can check that out if you would like to. Also, for more on chicken in general, um, uh, we have not done a whole episode yet. I feel like that's like several episodes about mm-hmm. like, like the animal, but then also like the industrial complex. Um, and uh, we have not done any, any of that, but um, for a really good um, look into it, I do recommend the book um, uh, Tastes Like Chicken, A History of America's Favorite Bird. That's by one Emmeline Rude, or Rudd? R-U-D-E. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, great, great book goes into a lot of the detail we're not going to today because the chicken nugget is... A, a subset, a, a different branch. And people have written a lot about it, so we've got a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> oh my heck, we do, yeah.
3: Yeah, so I guess we should get to our question. Mm-hmm. Chicken nuggets. What are they?
2: Well, uh, chicken nuggets are sort of a, a, a dream of chicken, an extrapolation of chicken. Like, what if you took chicken and made it less... Chicken.
3: This is so deep. I love it.
2: <laughs> it's like more tender, less fibrous, lightly seasoned. Uh like a like a chicken meatloaf, but breaded on the outside and deep fried in bite-sized pieces.
3: <laughs> yeah. This sounds very American.
2: <laughs> oh gosh, it is. It
3: is more <laughs> take it and fry it. <laughs> Make it less chicken and fry it. <laughs> Uh
2: yeah yeah, Ch- chicken nuggets are uh, typically a blend of ground chicken meat and skin, um, plus seasonings and bindings, shaped into small patties, coated in either a crumb or a batter breading, and then uh, deep fried until crispy. They're eaten as a finger food, served with a frequently with sweet tangy type dipping sauces like ketchup or barbecue or honey mustard. Often as a meal's main dish with a side of fries, um, or you know something anything more healthy than a side of fries but let's be honest
3: let's yeah i can't think of any <laughs> other <laughs> combo either it's just the nuggets or some nuggets and fries
2: well hey, you've got though you've got those lima beans i'm like when you said that i was picturing you like making your like ultimate comfort food dinner of like chicken nuggets and lima beans i don't
3: that know if that's what you lovely. would do but well also you know i when i make the chicken nuggets i just get like of my 18 hot sauces and make little <laughs> spots and I just dab all the hot sauces. Oh, that's so good. Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's, that's
2: gorgeous. Um, uh, <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the, the dipping sauces are very important. They're all, I did not include here a list of all of the possible sauces that you could dip a nugget into for, for they are, uh, they are legion. many. Yes, they are legion. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, so, so nuggets are, are pretty easy to, uh, to manufacture large scale, uh, and they, uh, can be cooked or par cooked and pretty easily frozen. So they're, yeah, uh, easily, um, mass produced and then reheated at fast food restaurants, um, or in consumers' homes.
3: Yes, and one of the things we were most excited to talk about when we were batting around this idea. <laughs> shapes! They come in all kinds of shapes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs, being the first that came to my mind, but hearts, globes, SpongeBob. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, other, other, other zoo animals, um, alphabet letters, stars.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and McDonald's does have four types. Um, boot bowtie, bell, and ball, designed for, quote, the perfect equilibrium of diffability and fun. Three would have been too few, five would have been, like, wacky. That's a direct quote. From their website. Yeah, yes. Yeah, no, that is,
2: <laughs> yes, that is official McDonald's marketing copy.
3: Indeed. Um, but all right, let's talk about the nutrition.
2: Okay, so this of course, depends on the nuggets in question. Um, you know, what type of uh, chicken meat is used in there? Um, how, how much uh, uh, skin and fat is in there? Um, what, other, what other ingredients you're using for the binding and for the breading and how you're frying them? You know, I'm going to say that generally speaking, you're better off eating chicken that has been neither breaded nor deep fried. And yeah. that doing both is usually particularly calorie-dense because at that point the breading soaks up a bunch of the oil from the frying. I I ran some numbers on this one. Um, let us, as a thought experiment here, uh, compare McNuggets to a McDonald's cheeseburger. And now I, I wound up using the um, United Arab Emirates McDonald's nutrition information in order to do these calculations because, A, for some reason, I just wound up there during a Google search um, about, like, nutrition questions. Um, but, B, <laughs> it turns out uh, that that they, um, they list the total weight of their products, whereas the United States site does not. Um, the ingredients seem pretty similar. Um, uh, for example, both burgers have a slice of cheese, uh, mustard, ketchup, pickle, and onion – um, th- there are a few differences, which I'll get into in a second. But uh, but so, so, ounce for ounce, the cheeseburger contains slightly more calories, um, less total fat, but over twice as much saturated fat, more sodium, um, but a better spread of micronutrients. The nuggets, meanwhile, have a more cholesterol, also more protein, though. So... Like really in between these two things, I cannot say that either is better for you. Like huh. it, it's yeah. they're 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 pretty much a wash. Um <laughs> it's it's like, well, if you're gonna have a treat, it doesn't matter which of these you have. Um wow. nutritional. Because my speaking. instinct
3: would be the the nuggets, but yeah, I guess.
2: I mean, honestly, yeah, it's a toss-up. Um And, yeah, uh, McDonald's products are uh, manufactured and prepared differently in different markets. Um, I think that there's a difference in the way that McNuggets are breaded and fried in the U.S. versus basically everywhere else. Um, American nuggets do have slightly more fat, saturated fat, carbohydrates, and sodium than the nuggets from the UAE, um, which honestly just equalizes the cheeseburger and the nuggets even more. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Yes. So, so there you go. That's that's
3: that's thought experiment. (laughs)
2: Yep. Which is super interesting because nuggets were originally proposed, or McNuggets were originally proposed as a healthier alternative to products containing red meat.
3: Mm Hmm. (laughs) I think that's how ingrained that it is. At least in my head, I would imagine a lot of people that chicken is better for you than. Like, red meat. Yeah.
2: The thing is, is that once you deep fry anything, (laughs) all
3: bets are off. Like, you're really... (laughs) Blast! (laughs) (laughs) I can't get away from that, can I?
2: That being (sighs) said, you know, calorie-dense foods are okay. Just, you know, be aware of how much you're eating and how you incorporate them into your wider diet. Treats are nice. Treat yourself if you want some McNuggets. Have some McNuggets. I mean, you know, don't don't beat yourself up about your food. That's that's mostly mostly what I want to say to
3: you. Oh, yeah. It's very kind. Um also, yeah. <laughs> it is impressive. McDonald's is not a sponsor. It's probably obvious, but <laughs> it is impressive how the McNugget, like we can't talk about chicken nuggets without talking about the McNugget. Oh it's yeah. It's just such a huge part of the story. When we get to the history section, a lot of people think McDonald's invented the chicken nugget. They didn't, spoiler alert. But that's just how effective and and like culturally the cultural impact they've had. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um and we do have some numbers for you. Oh we do. Yes. So Since the invention of chicken nuggets, billions of them have been sold, billions. These days, Chicken McNuggets are one of McDonald's best-selling items, and the company sells 2,500 pounds of chicken every two minutes. What? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's in the United States, but I couldn't, like, directly verify it. But either case, big number. Um, And speaking of, there are so many McNugget numbers out there. There are charts. There are math problems. There's even something called McNugget numbers. And so, wow, this was a really fun rabbit hole I was not (laughs) expecting to go down. But okay, so the amount of McNuggets that can fit in the differently sized boxes. Oh. Which I believe there's now a 50 size box, but I couldn't tell if it was myth or rumor. But I'm pretty sure you can at least buy 50 (laughs) McNuggets at a time. So since the number of nuggets that could fit in these boxes were 6, 9, and 20, which are relatively prime, which is a whole separate math thing we're not going to really go into, but relatively prime, once you reach large enough integers, they are a linear combination of these numbers. So if you calculate it out, 43 is the largest non-McNugget <laughs> number. 43 is sometimes called the chicken nugget number, or more correctly, the Frobenius number. So for example, like... To get any number after that, you could have different varieties of like six, nine twenty, nine nine nine, nine twenty twenty, like it's wild. And wow. cool. Yeah. It's huh. really fun. <laughs> um <laughs>
2: math, math rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Uh but um despite <laughs> Despite all of this, uh, McNuggets are not the only nuggets out there. Uh, In the U.S. in 2018, we ate uh, 2.3 billion servings of nuggets in uh, restaurants overall. And that was after a decline in demand from 2017. That is fewer
3: nuggets. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Oof. Yeah. Yeah. In the U.S., the chicken industry employs over 1.5 million people. Again, chicken later, multiple episodes, but related to this. In 2017, that translated to the production of 41 billion pounds of ready-to-cook chicken and $95 billion in sales.
2: Yeah, as of 2016, um, Americans were eating 73 million pounds of chicken per day. That's like 8.5 billion birds per year. Um, wow <laughs> and and it's a it's a lot it is um twenty five times as much chicken as our great grandparents ate
3: that's actually something i don't know if you notice that, but in my family, I noticed that because uh I was used to eating chicken more often, but with my grandparents and even my dad he they were not into chicken, like that was not what they wanted to eat,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like um, I feel like with within our generation, um certainly coming of age, yeah, there's been a huge push towards uh chicken, uh, partially as this like healthier meat kind of concept, but but also kind of a resurgence in recent years of it being a um a comforting food, like a good like roast chicken, I think mm. is more common to see on nice restaurant menus,
3: right, oh, yeah. Well, we have a lot of interesting history to talk about with the chicken nuggets.
2: We do, and let's get into it. But first, let's get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
4: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of
6: That's NYX.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com.
1: During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only and installed with pad. That's right, 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank
3: you. So, bite-sized pieces of breaded and fried chicken, have been around, um, probably for a lot longer than the written record shows. Uh-huh. Yes, but here's where most people start the story of the chicken nugget. hmm In 1963, a professor of poultry science at Cornell University named Robert C. Baker invented a frozen and breaded prototype for chicken nuggets called chicken sticks at the time, and these chicken sticks were a part of an ongoing project he had with his students to create chicken products in the shape of other things, like chicken hot dogs or chicken meatballs. They created over 50 of these types of products with the goal of strengthening upstate New York's poultry farmers' market power. Um, While the ability to produce chickens had gone up with improvements in feed and chicken genetics as a way to meet demand created by World War II, once the war was over— Demand went down among American consumers because chicken wasn't the easiest thing to prepare. The size of the chicken purchased at the time wasn't large enough, typically, for an entire family, but Mm -hmm. too much for one person. And since it was often sold whole, consumers had to either cut it up themselves or get a butcher to do it. So all of this meant that the price of chicken plummeted.
2: Uh, yeah, it really wasn't until Baker um started working in poultry science that that chicken started to be explored for mass-produced processed foods, the way that like beef and pork had previously been. Um, Baker and his students' work is responsible for a lot of the processed poultry that we have today, like a like like cold cuts, any um turkey breast sandwich that you get is a result of their work. Um, Also, chicken was, at the time, kind of like we were discussing earlier, not really considered to be on par with other proteins
3: like beef and pork. There is, yeah, just generally less demand for it. Right, and Baker was hoping to give these small poultry farmers more options. Uh, Years prior, he'd worked on a poultry extension in the South, helping the farmers more efficiently raise um, stronger, bigger flocks. And Baker came from a farming background himself, so he knew what sorts of struggles these farmers were facing.
2: Yeah, he'd, um, he'd majored in fruit agriculture when he was in school, but apparently like, felt this affinity for chickens, partially due to having helped raise them in his childhood. He once said, uh, I guess I fell in love with chickens. I thought the future was brighter in
3: chickens than in fruit. <laughs> brighter <laughs> in chickens. <laughs> <laughs> So, Baker, all these products that he and his students were creating were market-tested. They would offer them at local grocery stores, and they would keep track of sales. For his nuggets, he and student John Marshall figured out how to keep ground meat together without a skin, and also they created a batter that would cling to the meat in the face of both shrinking caused by freezing, followed by the intense change in temperature caused by frying. To accomplish this, they de-moisturized the ground-up chicken using salt and vinegar while adding milk powder and pulverized grains to serve as a binder, and then they would shape and freeze the meat, then add the coating, um, which was cornflake crumbs mixed with an egg batter, freeze it again. With some help, they created some packaging. Uh, They called them Chicken Crispy and sold them in five local grocery stores for a total of 26 weeks. They sold 200 a week within the first six weeks. Ooh. Huh. Yeah. Um, and these inventions were printed and distributed in the Cornell Bulletin, allowing for more experimentation, um, marking the beginning of what's called further processed poultry. In 1963, Cornell professor of food science, Robert Gravani, said of Baker, he literally gave ideas away and other people patented them. So he wanted, Baker wanted people to have the space yeah to experiment and to find way better ways to do things or new ways to do things so he was just yeah even i i believe companies too he was just yeah he was doing off. it yeah he was doing it for the science not the money right um and and because these products were convenient and affordable customers adopted them fairly quickly and it really changed the chicken industry From 1965, um, around the time these products were introduced, to 2012, chicken consumption per person jumped from 34 pounds to 84 pounds a year. Just really, really shifted the whole landscape
4: Mm -hmm. of
3: chicken production from small, family-based farms to huge, industrial-scale farms that often didn't have, and continue not to have, the best labor or Mm -hmm. environmental practices. Yeah, But... As we said, a lot of people do think that a certain company called McDonald's (laughs) invented the chicken nugget. They did not, but uh, the chicken McNugget was introduced in 1980. uh, And they were created in response, or at least in part, to health guidelines released by the U.S. government in 1977 cautioning people against their fat intake and, in particular, beef and pork. Yeah, at the time, Americans were
2: eating close to 100 pounds of beef a year. So there was this specific call to, quote, decrease consumption of meat and increase consumption of poultry and fish. Um, Sales of
3: burgers dipped dramatically. Which was a big deal for McDonald's. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right. So they turned to chicken as a lower-fat alternative that they could offer. And they went through an intensive testing process to arrive at the Big Nugget. They hired Rene Arend, a chef who once cooked for the Queen of England. Um, And some of the the early ideas were scrapped, like a chicken pot pie that customers didn't really go for, or a bone-in chicken, fried chicken that was deemed too similar to KFC. Didn't want that. Mm -hmm. After McDonald's founder Ray Kroc's idea for deep-fried onion chunks was dismissed, the company's chairman suggested chunks of chicken instead.
2: I get the idea that this is one of those cases of, you know, like a big boss getting this this idea in their head and like telling everyone about it really excitedly and everyone that they tell about it not being nearly as into it. (laughs) Uh, Like the stories that I read about this where the croc was all like, the future is onion rings, but bite-sized onion nuggets. Um, And so one day that this chairman that Annie mentioned, uh, Fred Turner, Um, supposedly quipped to Arend while passing him in a hallway, why not a chicken nugget? (laughs) And supposedly that very day, Arend like went back to the kitchen and was like, what about the chicken nugget?
3: Yes. So the chef took a, a chicken breast, deboned it, cut it up into tiny pieces, breaded them, fried them and served them with a dipping sauce. Everyone who tried them at the company loved them. However, they required too much work to prepare on a huge scale, on a McDonald's-level scale. So uh-huh. McDonald's covertly worked with outside companies like Gorton's of fish chick fame, who also helped with the filet fish menu item at McDonald's, uh-huh. to create a breaded coating that would stick and keystone foods of frozen burger fame and supplier of McDonald's beef patties, at the time to mechanize the process of chopping up the chicken. When the resulting product debuted without fanfare in Knoxville in 1980, although I saw a couple different dates, but near there, yeah, they smashed sales records. They were so popular that Keystone constructed a processing plant about 100 days later to be able to meet anticipated demand. Yeah, it happened so fast. Yeah, and Tyson Foods was tapped to ensure a steady supply of chicken. They developed a breed of chicken expressly for this product called Mister McDonald.
2: I think at the time it had the the, the largest chicken breast size of yeah. any chicken in the industry.
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, chicken McNuggets were offered nationwide in 1983 and immediately a hit throughout mm-hmm. the country. <laughs> so much so that within months, this burger chain restaurant became the world's second biggest chicken retailer behind KFC.
2: Like, they were using a lot of chicken. They they recreated what the chicken industry in the United States is.
3: Yep. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> a fun fact, later a chicken shortage, in part caused by the McNuggets popularity, led to the creation of another much-beloved product, the McRib. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'm not... Very familiar with McRib. I know that it goes in and out of the menu, but it, that's also a supply <laughs> issue and a difficulty issue. So, yeah, the McNugget. Um, Chick fil A started selling chicken nuggets in 1982. Um, you'll notice the timing is very close. According to what I read, it was they got the idea because customers loved their chicken sandwich so much and they were like, what if it was like by sized? But, you know, the timing is a little hmm. I don't know. It just makes sense on some level. Oh, sure. In 1998, McDonald's released the limited-time Szechuan sauce as a tie-in to the release of the Disney movie Mulan as a dip for McNuggets. Because, as Lauren said, the dips are very important Mm -hmm. to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You've probably heard of it recently, involved in some Rick and Morty shenanigans. Oh, right. All of that. Yep. All of that.
2: (laughs) It was it was a funny episode.
3: I I enjoyed the episode. Yes. I also saw somebody dressed as the sauce at DragonCon once, and that was quite funny.
2: Huh? Were Uh, they like with a Rick and Morty group? Or yes. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. That's yes. I was gonna give him more points for being there independently. Uh, well, or before the Rick and Morty <laughs> thing even happened, if that if if that was the case, I would be like, yes, <laughs> slow clap, random Dragon Con citizen.
3: Um, but my new goal is to get a slow clap from Lauren Vogelbaum <laughs> on one of my costumes. <laughs> I'm already I'm I'm in my cosplay closet. Ideas are flowing. <laughs> this will happen one day. This is the challenge I live for. <laughs> um,
2: I have complete faith in you. <laughs> Not Noted. that I give out slow claps very easily. Like that's a that's it's a it's a high bar, a high but bar. I have say in you.
3: I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Um so as attitudes around food and health change, shifting towards organic and all natural, uh, the chicken McNugget became a flashpoint of this whole thing, a source of ire and derision for many. In 2003, a New York state judge dubbed the McNugget a McFrankenstein creation, Oh, which, you know, points for that. um, Though he did dismiss the suit, worth noting, which was about how McNuggets caused obesity. Hmm. And then the American Journal of Medicine in 2013 reported that a good portion of commercially sold chicken nuggets were only about 50% meat, while the rest was, quote, ground up bone, blood vessels, nerve, and connective tissue. Notably, though, the ingredients of McNuggets were not specified. Um, Still, even after a campaign directly addressing these rumors and concerns, in 2014, McDonald's saw a one-third drop in quarterly sales. Yeah. Um, And videos and posts about mechanically shaped chicken and pink slime gained so much traction that both the National Chicken Council and Snopes.com debunked them.
2: Yeah. Okay. So for the record, this article uh, that appeared in the AJM had a sample size of two nuggets, literally two. Wow. Yeah. One uh, each from two unnamed national fast food chains. So that's not, that's not really a sample size. Right. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like, calorically speaking, yes, both of these sampled nuggets contained over 50% of their calories from fat. Um, and the study was trying to make a point about the nutritional value of, of chicken nuggets and, and health concerns, especially in their home state of Mississippi with, with a population that frequently consumes fast food. So, you know, I get their point. I, I wish that they had studied more than literally two nuggets. <laughs>
3: That's a saver recommendation for any research, studies, surveys. Yes. More than two, always. More great.
2: than two. More than two. Uh, yeah, uh, as, as a result of all of this, in 2014, McDonald's Canada um, posted a video of how their McNuggets are made. Um, no, no pink slime involved.
3: Yes, and McDonald's pivoted to using all white breast meat in the mid-2000s. Um, yeah, this was before all this came out. Right, exactly. And in 2016, they announced a new recipe without artificial preservatives. And sales of McNuggets rose by 10% in 2017, believed to be, again, at least in part, because of this change in the recipe. In 2018, they made them available for breakfast. I believe we talked about how big a deal that was. Or at least I remember the whole, like, <laughs> I can only get breakfast at certain times. I want my items when I want them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people feel strongly about that, too. Uh-huh. Ingredients aren't the only concern here. The environmental impact of McNuggets have also come under scrutiny after a 2011 report revealed the ingredients came from all over the globe. So, like, even the ones you're purchasing in the U.S., for example, because McNuggets are sold all over. So there's a part that's like, well, sure.
2: Well, sure, of course, there's going to be, right, ingredients from other parts of the world and McNuggets sold in other parts of the world. But no, McNuggets sold here can have ingredients that come from a lot of different places. All over. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's also the issues of animal treatment and human labor within the chicken processing industry, and these are huge problems. Um, as of 2018, only two cents out of every dollar spent on fast food chicken actually went to the poultry laborers, who, especially for such a little pay, work in very dangerous
3: conditions. Right. Um, but still, the McNugget, as hardcore fans— In 2012, a three-year-old McNugget that resembled George Washington was up for bid and eventually sold for $8,100. What? Yeah, I saw the resemblance, Ah. but I wasn't going to buy it. (laughs) I mean... uh, You are clearly not a
2: hardcore enough McNugget slash George Washington fan. You're right. You're right.
3: (laughs) Uh, Also, people do... Collect the boxes, and I believe one of them was on display at the Smithsonian um, semi-recently. Okay. Baker died in 2006. He never made any money off his invention of chicken nuggets and is often left out of the story altogether, as we said. But given his original goal and how it all turned out, that might have been his preference that he might have preferred that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I found while I was doing my reading for this episode um, uh, from 2018, this article that The Guardian published—a uh, a long read that was just this scathing takedown of the modern um, agricultural industrial complex—that um, that started with the lines: um, "The most telling symbol of the modern era isn't the automobile or the smartphone; it's the chicken nugget." Responsibility for the dramatic change in our consumption lies not so much in general human activity, but capitalism. Although we're taught to understand it as an economic system, capitalism doesn't just organize hierarchies of human work. Capitalism is what happens when power and money combine to turn the natural world into a profit-making machine. And this, this article goes on to just discuss how centuries of uh, colonialism and all of the um, the uh, willful ignorance um, uh, of of colonialism uh, led to this modern era of an abundance of food and wealth at the expense of the very people who create them on the ground. Um, the article is titled "How the Chicken Nugget Became the True Symbol of Our Era." Wow! And it does not mean that in a nice way. No. <laughs>
3: wow! Chicken Nugget.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, it's it's a it's a good it's a good read. I I recommend looking it up if you want to be uh, if you want to be you know depressed about things. It's apparently adapted from a book called um, A History of the World in Seven Cheap Things um, by uh, Raj Patel and Jason W. Moore. So look that up if yeah. you want just an extended <laughs> Killjoy Corner. I recommend yes. it. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile. Uh, Uh In September of 2020, McDonald's released spicy McNuggets for a limited time in limited markets. Uh, They contain hot peppers in the breading. Mm. Yeah. They also released a new sauce for the first time since 2017. The Mighty Hot Sauce.
3: (laughs) Mighty Ducks. (laughs) I thought thought it was a tie-in with the Mighty Ducks when I first saw that. I was Hmm. like... Huh, seems kind of out of date. I guess they are making a new one. No,
2: I, I don't think they're related. I, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's just saying that the sauce is mighty hot or that it is a mighty sauce that is hot. I'm not sure. Oh, wait. Here it is.
3: The costume. Mighty Ducks. <laughs> hot sauce. Got it. Got it.
2: <laughs> okay. Looking forward to this. Um <laughs> Uh, then in October of 2020, this one Icelandic grocery store chain um, launched a nugget into near space. For funsies? I don't, I don't, I'm still not entirely sure why. Mm. And one of their employees told the Irish News, um, what better way to show that our products are out of this world than by sending one of our customer favorites into space?
3: Okay. Sure.
2: And I guess I can't answer that question, so you win.
3: You win. Also, you know, probably the ultimate goal was to get mentioned on a Chicken Nugget podcast. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Succeed. <laughs> done and done.
2: Um, heck, uh, also as of, I, I think, I think like November, December 2020, um, lots of nugget news late in December of 2020. <laughs> Clearly, this whole like nostalgia comfort food mm-hmm. thing was was just prickling in a lot of different people's minds. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Singapore Food Agency approved lab-grown chicken to be used as an ingredient in chicken nuggets in that country, and immediately this uh, U.S. startup called uh, Eat Just, uh, I've I've seen it in the past called Only. Just, um, Mm -hmm. but at any rate, yeah. They announced that they will be creating cultured chicken for use there. Only a couple years ago, their lab-grown nuggets cost like 50 bucks a piece to make. But supposedly, they have gotten their costs down to the point that the chicken, it's not going to be like, these nuggets aren't going to be like McNugget cheap, but it will be on the level of like fancy restaurant chicken prices. Oh. (laughs) So. Uh And, you know, like I was thinking about it and like lab-grown meat is actually awesome for this kind of application because like so part, part of the problem with lab grown meat up until now has been that it's a little bit difficult to culture meat into some of the textures that we're used to from a whole cut from an animal um, you mm-hmm. know like think, think about um, the, the the grain that you get in a chicken breast or a, or a steak or, or a pork chop um, however it's pretty easy to get a bunch of smaller, structures to grow so really you're making like ready ground meat right kind of so yeah yeah lab-grown chicken nuggets i'm ready (laughs) i you know me too (sighs) let's go to singapore (laughs) add it to the list the list
3: (laughs) goes on and on
2: (laughs) oh it's only getting longer it's
3: (laughs) yep Yep, we've got our work
2: cut out for us. We we do right after right after virologists finish their work being cut out for
3: them. Right. Yes, we take the back seat in this case.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that is what we have to say about chicken nuggets for now.
2: For now, yeah. yeah. Um we do have
3: some listener mail for you. We do, but first we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
6: That's NYX.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com.
1: During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank
3: you. And we're back with (gasps) listener Listener Mail. Mail. I see those uh, 90s. You remember those 90s kids commercials were real in your face? Oh, yeah. yeah. They were extreme. Yeah. And there was a lot of yeah. like, we just kind of did a high fiving punch in the air motion.
2: Yeah. Everyone was punching the air in the 90s. They did. They it's were wearing dead.
3: neon and punching the air. It's a different time. <laughs> it's a different time. <laughs> um, Shelly wrote, I'm from a small, read less than 500 people, town in eastern Washington state called Harrington. I'm extremely fond of my tiny town and the wheat farm I grew up on, and now own and operate, but that's a different story. While living in Baltimore before moving home, my family came to visit. On our way to Asbury Park, Asbury, I'm sure that that is a thing I should know, but I don't. But anyway, Mm. she continues, we are all diehard Bruce Springsteen fans. We naturally had to stop for lunch in Harrington, Delaware. I ordered a breakfast sandwich as I'm extremely fond of them and didn't even blink or wonder what Scrapple was when it was listed as one of the ingredients. I suppose I assumed it was simply a brand of meat or some such. Little did I know that Harrington was the home of Kirby and Holloway, excuse me if it's misspelled, as mentioned by Kristen, she's referencing a past listener mail. Um, Mm -hmm. Tragically, within my sandwich, the scrapple felt like a layer of wet sand, and I could not eat more than a couple of bites. While I like a wide variety of flavors, I am extremely sensitive to textures. Again, while listening to Kristen's mail, I have made the decision that the restaurant we ate at must have frozen it as a large chunk, resulting in that mealy texture that put me off so strongly. I have never sought out scrapple since. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> thank you for sticking with me through this mediocre tale and i hope you are both surviving this pandemic in as fantastic a fashion as can be hoped for well thank you Aww. you too yes.
2: yes yes not
3: mediocre at all gosh no <laughs> I- i'm very bummed i i totally get what you're saying sometimes you that first experience it's unfortunate yeah. that it could have right. been better but i get it like It's hard to recover from that sometimes.
2: It can be, especially, especially, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like flavor is one thing, but flavor is generally kind of fleeting. For me, texture is a much bigger, like, sticky issue. Like, like, no pun intended, but yeah. (laughs) But I'm just like, if I remember a bad texture, I'm like, never again. Um,
3: That's so interesting because most of my friends are that way, too. We'll have to look into that one day.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, Mag wrote... In Hong Kong, we have an ample supply of gingers, and they come in different types, varying in terms of size, look, texture, and taste. Generally, roots that are planted for more than a year are called old ginger. They usually have less moisture and taste spicier with a more fibrous texture. In Chinese, uh, there's also a saying, the literal translation being old gingers are more spicy than young ones, which actually means um, that experience counts. As for ginger's medicinal purpose, it has a place in traditional Chinese medicine. I always have ginger candy with me to calm my motion sickness during car rides. And now for our very unique and very weird ginger food, stewing pig's feet and ginger in black rice vinegar. It used to be something that every grandma knows how to make. Traditionally, when your family welcomes a new baby, you need to make a big batch of it for the new mother, and as gifts to your neighbors as part of the celebration as well. It's believed that it helps the new mother to replenish what she has lost from childbirth. The ginger has its medicinal role in this dish, so instead of being just a spice or side dish, you're supposed to eat them for the benefits they bring. It's not a visually appealing dish. It varies among families, and sometimes they look like those classic tar pits in horror movies. (laughs) However, if you ever have a chance, do try some. It has a unique aroma, and I personally like the egg most. uh, Hard-boiled before putting it into the stew. If you're growing your own ginger, I really recommend harvesting the flowers. They look and smell good. And try making your own pickled ginger, which is easy to make
3: and super delicious. Yes. Oh, all of this. I know. I'm into... Oh, my goodness. I bet the flowers are really pretty. Oh,
2: yeah, I've never. I do have a ginger plant. Um, uh, I've never had it flower. Um, but you know, G- Georgia is a temperate enough climate that we do get quite cold uh, weather in the winters, um, mm-hmm. uh, and dipping below freezing a couple days a year, and uh, so I have to bring my ginger plant inside because it doesn't want to be below like. 60 fahrenheit like <laughs> uh-huh. it's it's like it's like mild sweater weather and it's like nope um and it's just hard to get it the right amount of sunlight and also to like remember to water it as much as it wants to be watered mm. um for me anyway I, I i don't i don't not suck at growing
3: <laughs> things. lauren vogelbaum i don't not suck <laughs>
2: suck at it either but like I don't yeah. not suck um, <laughs> somewhere in between there Yes. Uh, yeah yeah I actually haven't harvested any ginger from it because I keep going like oh I make you suffer so bad every winter I don't want to stress you out by cutting parts of you off but maybe it would be better for it because sometimes plants are happier when you do that I don't know
3: <laughs> I love this I love the the like care and love people have for their plants are they like talking to it or
2: I don't want to hurt you it's in it's in my studio it's hanging out with me every
3: day oh hello ginger plant (laughs) (laughs) well now it knows you care about it (laughs) no I hope so hi
2: ginger plant I love you
3: We all love you, Ginger Plant. We're rooting for you. Hi, fun. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I've made some bad ones today. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks to both of those listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social
2: media. You can find us um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
0: in puerto rico you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are puerto rico where visits end but stories last forever no passport required for u.s citizens and permanent residents learn more and plan your trip at discoverPuertorico.com.
1: during the right rug flooring hello summer sale you'll find savings throughout the store all backed by the right price guarantee including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty only 159 installed with pad That's right, 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.
0: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have supervision, enhanced hearing, extraordinary reflexes, to be, dare we say, superhuman? Well, Roku's new Pro Series TV can't do any of that for you. But with a 4K screen, side-firing speakers, and a blazing fast refresh rate, it'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro series. Your senses aren't better, your TV is.